So here we are on our response Sunday. If you're a member of the congregation, then clearly my, uh, my thinking about uh, generosity will be, will be connected into how we respond to Jesus' love for us and how we respond to his vision calling us forwards. If you're a guest amongst us, no doubt Jesus will want to speak to you about generosity in other ways. Generosity, Jesus' love transforming lives, our own and those around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're going to be hearing a little of your love for us and a lot about uh, two people and their generous response to you. Pray, Lord, that you would come by your Holy Spirit now and you would fill us with your grace. That you would open my mouth to speak your word to each person here tonight. That you would open our ears that we might hear you and open our hearts that we might respond in our lives with generosity, reflecting the incredible generosity that you have shown to us. Well, God loves generosity. That's not going to be much of a surprise to us, is it? Because God himself is enormously generous to us. As Paul says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty he could make you rich. So here we've got a practical definition of love. Giving what you can't afford in order to bless someone else. And that's why um, it's a really important one of our adjectives here, of our characters, our values, is generous ministry. It goes with us. The same word at the same level on the other banner. So generous ministry. I could have used some other words, but I chose generous because we always know what generous means, don't we? It always means a bit more than is comfortably easy for us to give. Generous ministry. As Paul says of the Macedonian churches that he was writing about, they're being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Generosity speaks of the lavishness of God's love for us and of our love for others. But generosity is pretty tough for us. A rural vicar was uh, talking with a poor farmer about the generous love of God and our generosity in response. And so he said to the farmer, if you had a horse, would you give that to the Lord? And the, and the farmer said, yes, I would. And he said, if you had a cow? And he said, absolutely. And he said, if you had a pig? He said, sure. And he said, if you had a goat? He said, now that's not fair. You know I've got a goat. So let's look at two stories of generosity and see what we can learn from them. So our two readings. Thank you. The first reading's from 1 Kings. Oh gosh. 
where are we? 18, 17, 17. <laughs> 1 Kings 70, um, verses 7 to 16, which is on page 358 of the Church Bibles. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me and from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The second reading is taken from John 12, verses 1 to 10, and can be found on page 1079 of your Bibles. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, where Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to whatever was into it, was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. is the word of the Lord. Thank you. 
Thank you. There you go, Jeanette. So let's start with Mary of Bethany. What do we learn about generosity from Mary? What are the roots of generosity? Where does it come from? Well, the first thing that we learn is that they, uh, Mary and Martha, the sisters, they put on this dinner to honor Jesus. We're often generous because we want to honor someone. Uh, some, we, want to, we want to kind of say something about who they are. So Jesus had said to Mary, whoever comes to me, though he die, yet will he live. That's quite a big claim to make. Well, at that moment, it actually, as it happened, Lazarus was four days dead. But Jesus ignored that, and according to his word, he commanded Lazarus to live. So Mary and Martha wanted to honor what Jesus had done. The kind of person that he was, the power that he had in him. This called out their generosity. Secondly, gratitude. We're also generous because we're grateful. Martha and Mary put on a, uh, this meal to say thank you to Jesus. And Martha's generosity is particularly worked out in the kitchen. Martha's very good uh, on stoves. Some of you here like that. And uh, so she, she thought to herself, what's Jesus' favorite food? I know, falafels. We'll have loads of falafels. And so she expressed her generosity to Jesus. Meanwhile, Mary, not so good in the kitchen, is thinking, I want to thank Jesus too. What can I do to bless him? What have I got that's really precious? I know, my perfume. But why did they make these sacrifices? Why were they so grateful? Because Jesus had given to them the most incredible gift. Jesus had given to them their brother. Their brother had died, and Jesus brought him back to life and gave him back into their family. You can imagine how they felt, how unbelievably grateful they were to Jesus for that gift to them. And their gratitude for that made them generous. Thirdly, generosity comes from love and from worship. We're generous because someone um, is important to us. What did Jesus mean to Mary? Well, we think perhaps he'd freed her from her past. She'd certainly come to know him well. His words, we hear on one occasion, were making a profound effect on her. She loved and cared for him. She would be really grieved when he died. And she was coming to see him as much more than just a wonderful man or a great friend, but as somebody sent from God. And that love, that worship, demanded her generosity. How do we know this? Because of the lavishness of Mary's gift. We're not talking here about a dab of scent. We're talking about a pint of perfume. It's a lot of perfume. Not just eau de cologne. Okay, we're, we're thinking here Clive Christian number one fragrance. Do you know how much that is worth? How much it costs? It costs 
£2,000 an ounce. When was the last time you poured £40,000 worth of perfume on someone's feet? That is how generous Mary was. But more than that, Mary didn't just throw money at Jesus. She humbled herself before him. She, with Martha, she was the hostess. She's, she's in a place of honor. But she chooses to take the place of the servant to, to wash Jesus' feet. But more than that, she uses her hair. Now, the, the hair in, 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 those, um, in that culture was, was the glory and, and the honor of a woman. To take your hair and, and to sell it with someone's feet is shameful. But she shamed herself. She humiliated herself in order to show how much, how tenderly she cared for Jesus. She used her hair to wipe his feet. That wasn't just an act of kindness to a tired guest. That was an act of worship, which came from her honor, her gratitude, and her love. Everything that we've been talking about and singing about tonight has been reminding us of how much Jesus has done for us. Our generosity will de demonstrate how much we honor Jesus and how grateful we are for what he's done for us. It will show how much we love and worship him. Okay, so what does generosity look like? What do we learn from the widow of Zarephath? Okay, firstly, you don't have to be rich to be generous. I don't know about you guys, but I often catch myself thinking, if I were a lot richer than I am now, I could afford to be much more generous. That would be great. I would love to be more generous if only I were rich enough to do it. The trouble is, who we are becoming now will define who we are then. If we can't be generous with what we've got now, then we're fooling ourselves if we think that we will be generous with what we may have later on. Either we're generous or we aren't. How much money we have to be generous with doesn't make any difference to that. So we need to learn generosity now. As Isaiah says, generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. In fact, put it the other way around, I wonder if God can trust us with great wealth if we haven't already learnt how to be generous. I do wonder whether that's the reason that I've never become immensely rich. Perhaps God thinks that uh, serious money would put uh, my relationships and my character under too much strain. As we learnt last week, uh, sorry, as we were learning last week in the morning service. Um, generosity is our heavy artillery against um, the forces of arrogance and greed at work in our hearts. If we haven't yet learned how to use generosity in that battle, then we're not yet ready for the serious battle which, um, which great wealth will bring for us spiritually. Don't you find it interesting, I certainly do, that when God 
wanted to look after his servant who was going to be in real trouble and have nothing to eat for the next two or three years in the time of famine, he decided to send him not to the king, but to a poor widow. Why did he do that? Why did he, why did he send Elijah to a, a woman who had nothing when he could have sent him to the king who had loads? Well, of course, the answer is that the king who had loads refused to use it for God's business. He insisted on using it for idols. He wouldn't use it to bless his people, Israel, but to bless himself. His wealth didn't make him generous for God. And of course, the other thing is that generosity, if you put it the other way around, generosity in poverty is worth much more than generosity in riches. In, in terms of money, it might be less, but in terms of God's value on it, it's way, way more. This widow had, all she had left in the world was a handful of flour. This is what she had. She had some flour in her hand. And with this, she was going to make a meal for her and her son. How much, what's she going to make out of a handful of flour? She's going to make a small roll, isn't she? A bit of flat pita bread. That's all she can make. And with that, she's going to have something to eat. She's going to give probably most of it to her son. And then they're going to prepare themselves over the next days and weeks to die. They have nothing else. Can you think how touched Elijah must have been when that woman decided to do what he said, to believe his word and to go and turn that handful of flour first before anything else into a little chapati to give to Elijah. Trusted him enough to do that first and then go back and see if there was any more flour in the jar. I just, I just can't think how, it, how Elijah must have felt Something like the way Jesus felt when he watched that poor widow woman reach into her bag and pull out all she had, a little tiny little coin, just half of nothing, and to put it in the collection box for God's people. And Jesus saw that as way more valuable than the huge sack of gold that the rich man following her put in the collection plate for everyone to see. He said, what she gave was worth far more than all the rest because it was all she had to eat. I think he must have been thinking too about the widow of Zarephath. Generosity in poverty is worth way more than generosity in riches. Secondly, the thing we learn from the widow of Zarephath is that generosity to God's people equates to generosity to God. As I was saying, Jesus is particularly pleased when he watched this, this poor widow put in this tiny coin, but especially because it was going into the collection box for God's ministry on earth, for God's people, for their ministry through the temple. God was delighted with the widow of Zarephath's sacrificial gift of bread given to God's servant. I don't know 
those of you who have children or people who are precious to you, how you would feel if they were far from you and you couldn't help them and somebody else gave all that they could in order to help someone that you love. How would touch you, wouldn't it? That's how God feels when we bless his servants, his family. If you can't afford to give, and yet you do, and yet you give for God and for his people, you can be sure that God will be paying attention. Jesus will be watching. And that is great, thirdly, because when God notices our generosity, he repays us with generosity and faithfulness of his own. So he rewards uh, Elijah's trust in him by putting him in a place where he can be looked after for the years of the famine. He rewards the widow's trust and her generosity to Elijah with an ongoing supply for herself and her son. And more than that, he gives to this widow, this poor widow, the resources to go on being generous, to go on giving away to God's people. Okay, so what have we learned from the widow of Zarephath? We've learned that you don't have to be rich to be generous. We've learned that generosity to God's people equates to generosity to God. And we've learned that God repays those who are generous to him with generous and fa- generosity and faithfulness of his own. Okay, so let's go back to Mary of Bethany to finish off with and think finally about the impact of generosity. What does generosity do to God and to others? And indeed to ourselves. Well, firstly, generosity allows us to give ministry to God, to Jesus. The primary impact of Mary's generosity was on Jesus himself. So Jesus is preparing himself to go up to Jerusalem for his final week. He's readying himself for all that he knows is coming. It's going to involve, um, it's going to involve betrayal. It's going to involve hostility. It's going to involve rig trials. It's going to involve beatings and thrashings. It's going to involve crucifixion and death. He's aware of all this that's coming. And he is finding deep inside himself the courage to set his face firm for Jerusalem. And suddenly for a moment, somebody's kindness, somebody's generosity, somebody's sweet, fragrance of perfume lightens his heart lessens his load and for a moment he is blessed not many people thought to minister to Jesus to bless him but Mary did Mary noticed Mary chose Mary blessed Jesus isn't that an amazing privilege that she found, that she took for herself. Our generosity blesses Jesus, especially when it's specifically for him and for his people. Secondly, Mary's generosity had a wider impact. It it filled the house with fragrance. She sweetened the room. Our generosity, too, doesn't just affect those to whom we give it, but lots of other people as well, when they hear of our generosity as the generosity of this congregation has an impact on people around the community around South Sea they will be drawn to us and to the God whom we serve 
the fragrance of generosity will fill this community. Thirdly, generosity allows Mary to share ministry with Jesus. In Mary's generosity to him, Jesus sees that she is, in fact, participating with him in his ministry. This isn't just a self-indulgent moment. Through her generosity, Mary is sharing prophetically with Jesus' burden, with his sorrow, with his suffering, with his grief, with his death, with his burial. And for that, Jesus honors and loves her. As we gather in our responses at the end of the service, um, I guess we'll be lifting them to the Lord and asking that with this token that God will be receiving our hearts, our lives, and this resource to use to his glory. And uh, I will certainly be praying that God will use these resources, us and the money that we share with him, in astonishing, extraordinary ways that we will be amazed by when we hear of the effect that they've had for his purposes and for his glory. Well, finally, the last thing that, um, that Mary achieves with her generosity is the appreciation of Jesus. I know that uh, as we're generous, we quite often open ourselves up to criticism. Other people don't always like how we choose to be generous. Jesus told a couple of parables about this, and Judas acted the parable out. He was very critical of Mary's choice of how she was generous. It wasn't his perfume, but he felt he had a right to criticize the way that it was offered. But if we are truly generous, if we are generous in ways that are not attempting to manipulate others, that don't come with strings attached and agendas, if we are generous with our resources to Jesus, then we will find that Jesus is defending us against the criticism of others and expressing God's appreciation for us. We may even find ourselves, like Mary, surprisingly noteworthy in the annals of the gospel. So what have we learnt tonight? We've learnt that uh, generosity comes from honour, it comes from um, gratitude, it comes from love and worship. We've learnt that it looks like um, the ability to give more than we have. It's particularly uh, visible and valuable when it comes in poverty. Um, that generosity given to God's people is generosity given to, to God. That God repays those who are generous to him with his own generosity and faithfulness. And we've learned that the impact of generosity is in our capacity to minister to God, to Jesus, in the fragrance that we share around us, in joining in Jesus' own ministry and the appreciation that he then shares with us. As we focus back in on um, the particular way that we have uh, available to us to share generosity with God and his people, um, in terms of our response to our vision day, um, I'd just like to share with you, if I may, um, a video uh, which is offered to you
from the PCC, our leadership team. Here we go. Some sound, please. We're going to respond in just a moment. Can I ask Sam and the band to come up? And uh, we're going to do this in uh, two specific ways. Firstly, our worship with our lips. We're going to be singing some songs of response. But also, uh, we're going to take in the forms that either you've filled in over the last month or so and have brought with you tonight, or actually you have opportunity to fill in right now during this first song. Can I encourage you, uh, whatever your response might be to giving and the vision of St. Jude's, to fill in one of these forms. There's options for just about anything that you might decide, whether it be 
to not change how you give or to not give at all. Actually, you can take any one of these boxes and you should be covered. So, can I encourage you? Actually, everyone makes a decision of some kind, not to just let it be the default, oh, I won't fill anything in, but to make a decision about these things. These are important things. We're not ashamed to say it. These are really important things. So there are forms in your boxes. There are pens in the boxes if you'd like to fill one in tonight. Take your time. We're going to be collecting in the forms uh, towards the middle of the second song. Victoria's going to be helping with that. Let's stand together. Let's pray together before we worship. Lord, we thank you for all that we've been hearing. Thank you that our generosity is a response to your generosity. And now as we think about these things, as we hand forms in in a moment, Lord, we do this as an act of worship to you. Amen. Let's sing together. Mm -hmm. 